0: You know, when I went back and listened to our preseason rankings of the Central Division, a few things stood out to me. Uh, one, we were way too high on teams like Nashville and St. Louis. And two, we were way too low on teams like Dallas and, to a lesser extent, Winnipeg as well. So,
1: You're now listening to the Voice in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne,
2: and Casey Abrams that's a big one that's a big one yeah good evening and welcome to episode 156 of the boys in the booth podcast cody abrams and melbourne with you for this one we've got a new schedule of course for episodes every week uh, we're going to be releasing them on wednesdays so a uh, little bit of a change but uh looking forward to this new schedule and just uh keep uh keeping things rolling with you guys how we doing
1: doing good harp had uh, my brother and his wife uh their baby shower on this past sunday in brockville so really excited about that and that was a lot of fun and uh now i'm back in toronto and heading collingwood ways after this
0: case you're just a nomad you're just all over the place like <laughs> yeah
2: all over the country
0: yeah just for sure. <laughs> i have many nearby, homes and many offices just all over the planet uh, well, that's good, and it's it's neat that um, you know it's your brother and his wife now, and they've got a little one on the way. So that's always special, and uh, family's good. I've been good, uh, guys. I've been reading uh, this bookcase. I know that you would particularly like this one. It's uh, Cinnamon c- Cinnamon Cinema Speculation Bye. by Quentin Tarantino. And uh, I got that for Christmas, and because I've been going to school now on the train uh, almost two hours a day, I've been diving right into it, and it's been so refreshing to read something other than hockey, even though I still sneak in the odd athletic article here and there. But remind me to uh, to give you that when I'm done reading it, because yeah, if you have time, I, I know you would, you would really enjoy it. I'm learning a lot about cinema, which is, you know... Again, refreshing because it's not schoolwork and it's not just hockey, so it's nice to uh, have something a little different. But yeah, guys, other than that, uh, doing well, harbor, how about you?
2: i'm good man can't complain uh we had a uh an ottawa senators uh event over the weekend so uh got to do another watch party uh they lost against the pittsburgh penguins uh sadly but uh, we got to do it at rito carlton casino um just just outside of ottawa which was a lot of fun and uh yeah just getting back into the week here things are good can't complain
0: Hey guys, there's no betting corner segment in this episode of the podcast, so I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, Betstamp, the line shopping app for sports betters. Betting lines have different odds across each sportsbook, and by using the Betstamp app, you can line shop across all of those sportsbooks to ensure that you're finding the best value available on the bets that you'd probably already be making. Also, the BetStamp app allows you to track all of your verified bets across those different sportsbooks so that you can build a more credible record as a better. and it allows you to follow other winning BetStamp users so that you can instantly be notified of their picks. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today, and when you do, be sure to provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH when prompted to do so to let them know that we sent you. Every download really helps us out, and it helps you out as well, so we would really appreciate the support. Thanks guys.
2: All right, so our uh, our main topic <laughs> For this episode, of course, uh, is going to be the Central Division as we continue our midseason report cards. Obviously, at the time that we're doing this, um, all 32 teams pretty much have played around 45 games or so. So we're a little bit past the midway point of the season, but uh, not by much. Still a ton of hockey to be played. And so we're going to be giving our midseason grades uh, for the Central Division teams so starting at the top with uh, the first place dallas stars 64 points in 49 games they're having a fabulous season couldn't beat my buffalo sabers the other night but hey they're uh they're a good team and uh case uh starting with you i know that you're a fan of this team in particular so uh your grade for the dallas stars to kick things off
1: Yeah, well, I have money on them to win the Cup this year, so I better be a fan of them. Uh, I think I'm going to be giving my first A-plus of the series to this team because I had them in the preseason rankings being third last in this division. I think you guys uh, mostly agreed with that, and boy, have they change the expectations when i was looking back to the notes i kind of wrote down you know what version of jamie Ben and sagan are we going to get can ottinger be the man again this year and as long as they clean things up with jason robertson quick they they shouldn't be too bad well sagan and ben have turned a corner and they're they're Sort of back to what we had expect for them. Sagan a little less so, but Ben is third on the team in goals and is up there on points as well. Ottinger is in the Vesna caliber um, again this season, but I think he's going to lose that out to a, a certain Bruins goaltender. Um, and and this core in general is is scoring a ton and doing really well. Pavelski has continued to show that age does not matter for him whatsoever. Rupé hints. Is uh, continuing his strong play and man Jason Robertson they got that deal done and now this guy is an absolute stud scoring left right and center I think every time I check in on that game he's scoring and uh, Heiskanen on my fantasy team has been great as well I tried to find some negatives for this team and I couldn't find any so a plus
0: I wholeheartedly agree case I think um, you know when I went back and listened to our preseason rankings of the central division a few things stood out to me Uh, one we were way too high on teams like Nashville and St. Louis and two we were way too low on teams like Dallas and to a lesser extent Winnipeg as well so Dallas being first place in this division right now uh, I believe they're tied for fourth in the NHL right now with your New Jersey Devils it's just such a nice surprise for this team and their fans because like we said at the start of the year we weren't really sure what we were going to get out of this team. And it's just been a blessing this year. So like I mentioned, tied for fourth in the NHL. their young and old players are both playing exceptionally well this year. You know, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, Miro Heiskanen, Jake Ottinger. That's their new young core that's been really, really good. Uh, and then, of course, Ben and Sagan have kind of resurged as bona fide top six players. And we haven't been able to say that uh, over the last couple seasons, maybe since Jamie Ben won the Art Ross with 87 points half a decade ago. So <laughs> I David just, has that right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that was, funny to bring up because McDavid literally has had or literally has eighty-eight through like forty-eight or something right now, which is an absolute joke. But Yeah, I was looking at some stats for this team, and I can't give them anything other than an A-plus right now. They have the fourth most goals for in the NHL, the sixth fewest goals against, the fifth best power play percentage, and the third best penalty kill percentage. Jake Ottinger has been their horse this year. He's had a fantastic season. And like I said, offensively, everything is just working, so there really aren't any negatives for this team, and especially when comparing them to where we projected them to finish in the standings uh this has been one heck of a season for the Dallas Stars so far
2: yeah in my mind there's only one team in the league that can uh that can get an A plus I'm just I'm going to be really critical with that but I'll give these guys an A obviously um they're they're a lot of fun to watch and I think that uh Pete DeBoer just a, a new voice behind the bench playing a system that is really um heavy on emphasizing offense and it's really worked for them they've got depth from top to bottom Ottinger I I knew he would be fantastic once again this year and um a lot of a lot of trust in their younger players you know not just Robertson Hints, Haskinen but Wyatt Johnston, quietly, one of the best rookies in the NHL, Ty DeLandria is out there taking faceoffs late in the third period when they're up or down by a goal. So um, this team is just a ton of fun to watch. They're playing with speed. They can score. Uh, and, and just a lot more uh, offensively minded this year are the Dallas Stars. And I think that uh, it's, it's really paid off for them. And, yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. So uh, can't give them an A+. Plus. Because, again, like I said, I think there's only really one team in the league that that gets an A+. But I'll give these guys an A. Top of the central. uh, Really, really like the Dallas Stars.
0: Harb, did you give a team an A-plus last week? I'm blanking right now. No one got no, an A plus last not. week. I don't think. Well, I gave. Seattle I even had to check a+ myself. Oh, to make yeah, sure I didn't. right. Yeah, <laughs> right. But Harper, okay, you're thinking of one team. I guess we'll have to stay tuned then for the next couple episodes, unless yeah, I, it's I'm, unless it's Arizona. You are wearing the hat. Who knows? Could his be third an favorite team. <laughs>
2: it would not be Arizona, anyway. <laughs> no, it won't be a shocker to for you guys to hear who I'm giving an A plus to. But anyway, yeah. So. But no, Dallas gets an A. Yeah. Okay. All righty. We'll move on to the uh, the second team in this division. Uh, just one point behind the Dallas Stars. Chad, you mentioned that we were very critical of the Winnipeg Jets after they, did, uh, they didn't really change much in the offseason, but uh, they got a new coach in Rick Bonus, and I think that he has done wonders for these guys. So uh, Winnipeg in second in this division, 63 points in 48 games, a point behind the Stars for first in the central uh like i mentioned they won two in a row seven and three in their last 10 case your grade for the winnipeg jets
1: yeah this is another team that i was pretty pretty sheepish on before the beginning of this season but uh they've definitely proven me wrong here and i'm going to give them an a minus because i could find some negatives about this team um very impressed where the, with where they are in the standings but i don't know if it's sustainable um i think that they're a playoff team but it's not going to be second place in this division uh, by the end of the year uh, for positives, I've got to point out Josh Morrissey having an absolute career year. Norris caliber defenseman and has been phenomenal. And the core is continuing to get it done. Last year, if you had any of these guys in fantasy, it was an absolute shit show. They were so streaky, and it was tough to tough to watch. And and that includes guys. That's Kyle Connor. That's Scheifele. That's Dubois. That's um, I'll even include. Blake Wheeler and Lowry as well, but all of those guys are producing for them so far this season. And I mean, goaltending—you got to include that guy in their core because he's been their best player once again. And that's Hellebuck. Um, this team's fifth, I believe, in save percentage in the league, and you know that's a pretty easy metric to to look at when you think about Connor Hellebuck. Um, the negatives I could point out is that they have a terribly average power play, and you don't do well in the playoffs uh if you have a poor power play and the last thing is they sort of lack depth i I named a pretty big core but outside of that core there is not really anyone producing on this team and uh you can see that in in where they stand um for goals for yeah outside of
0: their top six the production drops off drastically and I mean, we all kind of knew that going into the season, that their top six was pretty good on paper. It has been for years now, um, even dating back to when Patrick Line was there and now with PLD, like their top six is solid when everybody's going But outside of their top six, there's really not a lot there. And, uh, you know, as you said, the goals for kind of show that. But you know what, Case? Like I'm agreeing with you. I'm giving them an A minus as well. I think that's a perfect grade because, um, like I said, at the start of the year, we were pretty low on the team and we projected them to finish or at least be a bubble team, maybe finish just outside of the playoffs or squeak in. Um, you know, on paper, they've always been good, but we're seeing it again this year. They've, been really reliant on Connor Hellebuck and they kind of ebb and flow with his play and surprise surprise he's having another Vesna caliber season this year so naturally the team is good again um, and I'm not saying it's all on Connor Hallebuck's shoulders. Like you did mention, there are four guys, I believe, who are scoring over a point per game. And that doesn't even include Wheeler and Shifley, who are right behind. So they are getting the production from their top six and they are getting really good goaltending. But, uh, you know, it is a bit scary when you look at this team because I think they are so reliant on Connor Hallebuck to steal games. And I don't know if that's as sustainable as, um, you know a team who's maybe just better structured top to bottom but that being said hellebuck's having a great year they're getting production they're currently in a good spot right now when it comes to the playoff picture and uh you know i, I was just looking at some of the numbers and they're pretty encouraging for this team as well so far uh through uh, just under 50 games like despite not getting much production outside of the top six they are still top 10 in goals four and uh as well as goals against, meaning like they've allowed within the top 10 fewest goals against in the league. And despite having a pretty average power play, which I think, you know, given the weapons in this lineup might come down to coaching, uh, they have the second best penalty kill percentage in the NHL. So that's not nothing. So a lot of things going right for the Winnipeg Jets right now. And they just better hope that guys stay healthy and their top players keep playing like top players but yeah so far so good and that's why i give them an a minus
2: yeah this is a clean sweep here for us boys i'm going to give them an a minus as well i just think that some nights they just get uh right back into, you know, um, having uh, uh having to stand on his head and, and kind of bail them out. Um, you know, there was a game a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo, and uh, the Sabres were, were all over them, just throwing a ton of shots at Hallibuck and uh, he was just standing on his head in, in that one. And um, Winnipeg was actually looking pretty sloppy and, and a little slow in that game. So I, I do think they get caught up in that. I'm, I, I am a little surprised about um, the comments about the lack of depth scoring. I think they have good players in their bottom six, but just um, th- there there should be more offense there. Like Axel Janssen-Fialbi, for example, was a really good waiver claim for this team. Um, not exactly sure where Cole Perfetti is in the lineup, but he's knocking on the door for the scoring lead in uh in in all um uh, out of all rookies in the nhl this season so he's uh really getting close to giving maddie benears a run there and uh adam lowry another good player on this team he's their uh he's their third line center who is having a career season um so i i do think there's a little bit more depth there and and we could see some more offense from a few guys but um Look, it's, it's a surprise for sure. I think we, we thought that. Um, this team would would make some big changes in the off season and Shovel Dayoff decided to stick with the same group, um, which again was just so surprising after the way last year went. And uh, this team just needed their goaltender to get back to his old self, and he certainly has. Kyle Connor is back to his old self. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois has really become a star. Uh, on this team and in the national hockey league so things are going right for sure case i think you make a good point i i don't see them finishing second in this division i mean you look at colorado the way they're going right now and we're going to talk about them of course they could slide up uh right in there in that second spot so um but yeah got to give the jets an a-minus pretty good uh given what we thought they were going to be heading into the season
0: I will say while we're on the Jets here quick that I went to the game the other night Toronto and Winnipeg in Toronto and I was a little bit disappointed to be honest. It was uh, I believe it was a 4-1 win over Winnipeg. I'd have to double check. I think it was 4-1 and I thought that game would be perfect to go to in person just got some cheap tickets last minute because I thought there was going to be some bad blood there. I thought it was going to be a chippy game but you know what between those two teams on that night it was pretty tame and i was a little disappointed i thought winnipeg had a little more fight and a little more hatred towards toronto i thought it would be a better game but
1: it's because the leafs don't have any sandpaper they need sandpaper <laughs> at the deadline
0: yeah four more michael buntings please that would be great <laughs>
2: All right, moving on to uh, the third-place team in this Central Division, and that's the Minnesota Wild, 54 points in 45 games. Uh, They have lost two in a row and uh, have kind of tailed off a little bit as of late. They lost to the Florida Panthers over the weekend, who are trying to survive in the Eastern Conference playoff race. But uh, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. Bill Guerin's squad, Case, your grade for the Wild.
1: I've given Minnesota a B here, kind of where we expected them to be, either here or one position lower in the standings. And there's some positives and some negatives to take away from this team, Uh, the positives being their defense. Um, They're doing fairly well at just limiting scoring chances in general like high danger medium low everything shots i guess they play very well in their own zone and uh they're the second best in goals against and uh that's despite being I think they are 10th in save percentage in this league. So um, that speaks to their defense and and the scoring chances they're allowed and the rebounds they're allowing uh, in their second lowest in high danger shots against. So this team is very good defensively, but the negatives I have is a real lack of scoring depth compared to even Winnipeg where Kaprizov is is the man here. And uh, there's a few other guys, you know, Boldy and maybe Eriksson Ek, but it falls off quick when it comes to scoring goals. Um, they're not getting that depth scoring they had last year. Uh, and, and it's definitely showing. Um, and then the other negative is that this team, they're bread and butter. And if I, if I quizzed, you know, 100 people, they would say physicality, right? Well, they're not as physical as someone would think they're 27th in the league in hits i uh i just thought i had to bring that up because this team has always been the big scary minnesota wild well they're playing defense without hitting somehow so i guess it's a structure thing so yeah i haven't had a b here
0: i mean that is surprising because you expect physical teams to rack up a lot of hits but it could also indicate that they just have the puck more and that's fine too um but, you know, a big team, you would expect some hits, so that is still surprising to hear that they're 27th in the league. But... Uh you know case uh, like i have to say are you did you read my notes before <laughs> like you we did this episode because that's two now in a row where we have the same grade i also have a b for the minnesota wild because uh you know for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned i think this is kind of exactly where we thought they would be at this point in the season you know they're being carried uh Offensively by Kaprizov, Zuccarello to an extent, uh, Joel eriksson to an extent, and Matthew Boldy has fit in nicely there uh, offensively. But, you know, they they've replaced Kevin Fiala sort of with Matthew Boldy, I think that would be the closest trade-off in terms of offensive production, but it's still not quite enough. I think they still need to do more whether it's at the deadline or in the off-season to uh improve their depth scoring just to, you know, put some more goals in the net because that's um clearly one of their weaknesses right now. Uh when it comes to goaltending, um they've gotten Pretty above average goaltending from Philip Gustafson this season and about average from Marc-Andre Fleury, who also took that brief leave uh, just a a week or so ago. And I don't know exactly what the situation is there now, but it seems like, you know, they're going to be going to both of them. But goaltending hasn't been an issue uh, this season so far. Um, Like we said, it's kind of been the scoring. They're 22nd in goals for right now among uh, all the NHL teams, and they're top 10 in terms of goals against. So they're still getting good defense, uh, like you mentioned, Case, but they're just not able to score. And they're not getting any help either on the special teams. Both of their special teams are pretty average. So, uh, my question that I wanted to ask you guys about this team is sort of like what do you think they do at the deadline? to add offense if that's what we think they need and does it involve moving matt dumba who they've been sitting over the last couple games or so
1: yeah well we've we've heard rumors of matt dumba to edmonton but what piece is edmonton gonna send minnesota's way for scoring like edmonton needs scoring themselves they have two guys three guys but i don't know it's it's crazy i think maybe you know, there's rumors of maybe looking within the division and going for a Tarasenko route, but they got to do something about scoring because last year, you know, you had Felino coming off a, a career le- year, same as Hartman. Uh, you were getting production from guys like Freddie Goudreau. Yeah. Um, so all of those guys have kind of come back to the mean a little bit. And yeah, it's scoring. That's what they have to do at the deadline.
2: I do think that uh garen um takes a big swing at the deadline i would not be surprised if uh they're they're in on bo horvat i think that a player like that would make a ton of sense they do have some assets they have some picks they have some prospects and i think he's going to do everything he can to try and make this team better um because as we know next year it gets even worse with their cap situation. They're in cap jail next year. So um, it's not gonna get any easier. So this is kind of a year to go for it. If you're the Minnesota Wild, and we know that Garen is not afraid to make big moves. And going back to the Dumba thing, like you brought up, Chad, he is, he's been very clear that he's not gonna trade Matt Dumba unless it makes his team better. So like, you know, case like you mentioned the oilers like it's not like we're going to see a, a dumba for pulley rv kind of thing or, or whatever so we'll see what happens there but um it, watching them at the deadline it's going to be interesting to see what they do
0: they could be the sneaky team who lands you know a johnny gaudreau of last year or something you know they could land the Bull horvat and it wouldn't surprise me like they would be the team or that timo come- meyer Right. They could be the team that comes in from left field and just puts the right deal together, you know, includes a guy like Matt Dumba and just makes it happen. I could see it.
2: Yep for sure and uh all right for my grade for the minnesota wild i'm also giving them a b and no i'm not listening to you two chumps and then editing my my grades i'm not doing any of that i promise but uh, i'm also giving them a b so we've got a clean sweep uh when it comes to our grades for the minnesota wild in my opinion i think that yes they need to add a score very underrated blue line but i wouldn't mind if they added another goaltender just to give them some um some extra insurance i think that you know uh they had a rough start to the season and then they've kind of they've been able to climb their way out of it now it's you know things have kind of cooled off a little bit for them we know that Marc-Andre Fleury is not as consistent as he he once was and you know Philip Gustafson is still a young kid um, learning the waters of, uh, of the NHL. So if they could pick up a uh, an insurance option in net, I think that that would be a, a smart move as well. And, uh, you know, a guy in mind, for example, is, uh, is a former Wild in, in Alex Stalock, who has actually played pretty well and has a good save percentage with the Chicago Blackhawks. So just something like that while adding some scoring depth. Uh, for for this team, by the way, I think that that's a great contract as well uh, for Matt Boldy, and I think that that could uh, turn out to be a bargain for this team in the long run. So yeah, given the wild to be,
0: I think the only reason for them to add a goalie would be if we get an update on the marc Andre Fleury situation, or if there's more to that story than we know already. I don't think they need the depth in goal at all. I think they have two. Capable goalies, and you know, if you look at the the surface level numbers and the advanced numbers, they've both been okay. Like I mentioned, Flurry's been about average with his ups and downs, uh, which is fine because he's not going to be your starter come playoff time. It's going to be Philip Gustafson who's put together quite a nice season, and I think that's the guy that you have to rely on. So I disagree. I don't think they can they they need a goalie unless there's more to the Flurry story, or if it costs them, you know the cheap, maybe like a third or a fourth round pick just for some insurance.
2: Well uh fair point and uh they're they're pretty uh they're pretty well set up for the future with uh Jesper Wallstead as a uh, as a goalie um in their system. So there we go.
0: And now a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code Boys in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek.
2: All right, moving on the Minnesota page, uh, moving off of it, rather, uh, to the Colorado Avalanche in fourth spot. Man, have they turned things around big time these last few weeks. A point behind the Minnesota Wild now, uh, 53 points in 45 games. They've rattled off five wins in a row. They're getting healthier, and, uh, I mean, I, I don't think any of us are surprised. By the way that the Avalanche have turned things around. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this team missing the playoffs, and um, they're 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 not missing the playoffs. That's just not happening. Defending Stanley Cup champions. Case your grade for the Avs.
1: Yeah, you would think based off you know how I graded. Dallas and Winnipeg and Minnesota that I would grade these guys pretty poorly because you know fourth in this division is not where we expected to see these guys but I do I have still given them a B because they've been pretty damn unlucky this year and to be one point out of a playoff spot that deserves a B in my mind um when you look at this team they've struggled to score and the the very clear statistic here is that they're fourth last in goals above expected at minus 15.26 goals and their second lowest shooting percentage in the league well nathan mckinnon is back so that's changed (laughs) uh they've definitely turned things around since he's been back i know makar just came went down with an injury but um I expect these guys to score a lot more goals now that it isn't only Mikko Rantanen. Um, but yeah, they, they have a lot of positives that are pointing towards them coming back and being a playoff team and maybe being that second seed. Um, they they aren't up there when it comes to total games lost due to injury, but the stat that really matters here, and, and that back to that unlucky comment, is that they are uh, fourth in... Uh, highest in cap hit of injured players. So the players that are missing games are important players. It's, uh, McKinnon, it's Landis who is going to be skating after the NHL all-star break. So he should be back, uh, Perfect. by the end of the year. France their goaltender was hurt for a while. So they were running with only Georgiev, who's been a backup in his career, uh, while well, is back and he's played great since he's, he's returned. He's my fantasy guy. Now, uh, I love him. Uh, But yeah, and then fourth best in Corsi. And uh, they've been very good defensively so far. They've got the third least goals against despite only having Georgiev and now have their best goalie back. So that's going to continue. Good defense, scoring, returning, luck evening out. That all points towards this team being a playoff team and probably second in this division.
0: Yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team, Um, you know, at the start of the year or in the preseason when we were doing our rankings, we all unanimously had them finishing first in the Central Division. Um, Not that it was a foregone conclusion that they would be the best team in this division, barring any injuries, of course. But, uh, you know, we thought they were good enough to get back to that same spot, despite losing some key forwards, like the one that comes to mind is Nazem Kadri. of course, not having him down the middle anymore. Um, that's not nothing to lose um, your second line center on the team that just won the Cup. So we knew they were going to be good, um, but then injuries happened, right? Through no fault of their own, they're now sitting uh you know, below where we expected them to be in the fourth spot in the central division. Monypoc has them with a 66% chance to make the playoffs. I think you know, anyone, in the hockey world right now if they were betting people would bet on the Colorado Avalanche to make the playoffs because they know what this team is made of up and down the lineup and uh you know that 66% I think is almost 99% because this team is pretty damn good and the reigning Stanley Cup champions so I'm not worried about them uh but because they're sitting in fourth and not first, I have to give them a B minus, just because their outcome right now in the standings is lower than uh, they should be, period. And you know, you can point to man games lost, you can point to uh, an interesting stat case that I've never heard that you mentioned was the salary loss. That's kind of a cool way to look at it. I've never really heard that before. Um, you can point to all that stuff, but at the end of the day, every team gets unlucky to a certain extent, and. Great teams are able to battle through that and still make the playoffs. And we're seeing that Colorado now has sort of weathered the storm. And now that McKinnon's back, Landeskog's on his way back, McCarr will be back after, you know, about a week or so, uh, maybe in the next few days. They've weathered the storm. It's pretty much over at this point, and they are on a tear. So I'm not worried about Colorado, but because of where they are in the standings, have to give them a B minus.
2: I'll, uh, I'll give them a B. I'll go with, uh, with your grade, Case. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, th- this team is on a roll, and, and with their recent stretch, that, uh, that they deserve this grade and that, you know, it wasn't easy... Everything that uh, they went through, and um, again, they're only a point behind Minnesota, so they could certainly pass them, get into third, continue this run that they're on. Um, not necessarily with a bunch of wins in a row, but you know, go ten and two in their next twelve or, or whatever. They could certainly do that and uh, really work their way up this division, um, possibly into second, like you mentioned their case. So um, once very glaring need still for this team and that is the second line center spot they've been trying to figure that out all year long it seems they've been trying jt Comfer, who was very good for them in the playoffs last year but uh, i think he's more suited in the three hole or on the wing alex Newhook as well who has been better lately he's got 10 goals already on the year his career high is 13 and so he is set to pass that this season, hopefully, but uh, they will be looking at a center at the deadline for sure. Whether it's Jonathan Taves, they would certainly be in on Bo Horvat, no question. Um, so that 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 is a big need for them. And then uh, the goaltending—I think that uh, Gorgiev has been um, all right, but uh, Franzouz has always been uh, quietly very good the last few years for for this hockey team and uh getting a couple of defensemen back would be huge as well so uh with the recent stretch and just some of the adversity that they battled through it certainly didn't come right away when nathan mckinnon in particular came back into the lineup but this has been a really good run when a couple of weeks ago a lot of people were saying that the defending stanley cup champions were out of it and now they're back into it so uh B for the avs
0: couldn't you see the Avs getting a guy like Jonathan Taves, putting him in the second-line center position where, you know, on a lot of teams, if you were to acquire Taves for the rumored ask is just a third-round pick, you're likely not playing him second-line minutes. But couldn't you see Colorado acquiring him for a second- or third-round pick, sticking him in the second-line center spot and getting the absolute most out of that player at this point in his career? Because Absolutely. to me, like, that just seems like – exactly what would happen if they get a player like dave's or like a ryan o'reilly for example imagine yeah. a, a reunion there between those two
2: hey it's uh, it's possible for sure All right, moving off of uh, the Avs page, and we'll go to uh, we've got four more teams in in this division. So uh, the final four here, we'll move on to the Nashville Predators in the fifth spot who have uh, gotten themselves back into the race. It's been an up and down season for the Preds, 50 points in 46 games so far this season for Nashville. Case, your grade for the Preds.
1: this team is an enigma i do not understand what is happening with this team and analytically they make no sense at all um saros they're completely riding him to this position in the standings right now Um, but the confusion lies within the expected goals and expected goals against so They've been incredibly unlucky at minus 20.15 goals above expected for second last in the league. And then they've been incredibly lucky with minus 26 goals against above expected for first in the league. That is just baffling to read those two stats. Like they've been incredibly lucky for the puck not going in their net and incredibly lucky for or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah so that's unbelievable their third and save percentage again riding saros what's once again having an incredible year and then this team just has no depth scoring no scoring in general um a lot of guys kind of regressing compared to last year not terribly they're still around a point per game but not having the seasons they had last year they have poor special teams and just kind of bad analytics across the board so this team does not make a lot of sense to me, therefore I have them as a C- minus because they're low in the standings, um, lower than I had them at the beginning of the year, and I think that they've been very lucky to be this high up, which is is bad to say when they're fourth last in the Central, but um, yeah, C- minus for the Nashville Predators.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Case. I think they are pretty lucky to be where they are in the standings right now. I gave them a C, uh, so just one grade better than you did. But it's kind of the same old story with this team, right? Like they're not quite good enough to be a real force in the playoffs anymore, but they're not quite bad enough to tank. So, you know, I I mentioned to you guys last week that I want to do an episode where we talk about some of the teams in the middle – of the league who maybe should rebuild and what their first moves or their first string of moves should be and i think nashville should definitely be in that conversation despite having some players who are still having some good years like uc saros of course is number one on that list but you know dating back to the preseason when we talked about this team one point kept coming up and that was the idea of regression from some of their top players you know last season They had players like Forsberg, Yossi, Duchesne, uh, Tanner Geno, and some others who were all having, uh, I don't know if they were all career years, but very good years. You know, the first three players that I just mentioned were all above a point per game at the end of the year last year. But this season they don't have a single one who is above a point per game so they're just not getting the same kind of offense that they were last year they're 27th in goals four and they have the 28th best power play in the nhl right now which is just not good enough for a team who's trying to make the playoffs so i don't know if it's uh like you mentioned case a lot of unluckiness i don't know if it is a combination of unluckiness with um just regressing a bit to what these players probably should have been after big seasons last year or or what exactly it is but things aren't going right in nashville right now and it seems like if they didn't have an all-star vesna caliber goalie in uc saros they would probably be tanking right now and I don't know that it's a good thing that they're still in the conversation when this is the deepest year we've seen from a draft in a long time, with Connor Bedard headlining it. So, uh, for that reason, I give I've given them a C. I think you know if they were going to keep this roster together and compete, it would have been nicer to see them a bit higher up in the standings at this point. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, they're sitting in fifth and will likely not make the playoffs and uh, also not get a very high draft pick. So that's a C for me.
2: All right, yeah. And, um, you know, talking about the, uh, the Nashville Predators, you know, hockey is cruel. The NHL is cruel because I think that this team had a very small window to win, and they missed it. They made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2017, as we remember, and lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that may have been their only shot. It looks like it. I think that, you know, two, three years down the road here, maybe even sooner, this team is going to have to look at a at a rebuild or retool or, or whatever. And, um, you know, some of the roster decisions really stick out like a sore thumb, like losing Ellie Tolvanen, for example, who is supposed to be a, a big part of their team right now and their future moving forward is uh, is now finding his game with the Seattle Crafts and so that's just an example and then some other players that they've missed out on. Tanner Janot sticks out to me as a guy who is just not the same as he was last year. This guy was electric. He was in the, the Calder Trophy conversation and we've barely heard his name this year when it comes to the Nashville Predators conversation so I know there's a lot of talk about Ekholm and, and you know could he get moved at the deadline? Ottawa is interested. We'll, we'll see what happens there but I'm going to give Nashville a B minus because I did expect them to be uh, a lot lower in in this division at this point in the season but uh they they have kind of turned it around UC Soros really struggled at the beginning of the season you guys remember that of course and uh he has really turned it around and is just doing everything to help his team win also the backup Kevin Lankinen has been decent this year as well for the Predators but um yeah some some tough days ahead for this team we'll we'll see if they can squeak into the playoffs here it's it's definitely going to be a bit of an uphill climb they do have 50 points so uh you know they're they're only three behind colorado right now but they're on a heater and uh, so it's going to be a bit of an uphill climb but hey we've been surprised by the predators before so uh right now i'll give them a b minus Three
0: points this late in the year is tough, and Money Puck's percentages are reflecting that right now. 19% chance for the Preds to make the playoffs uh, as of today. So it could happen, but not likely, and that's a shame if you're a Preds fan.
2: Alright, let's move on to uh, St. Louis as we work through the uh the bottom three teams in this division. The St. Louis Blues, what an up and down season for them. They've been uh they've been up and down uh like a like a friggin' yo-yo, man. It's it's just been it's been a crazy season in St. Louis. Um 49 points in forty-seven games. They're just a couple of uh a couple of games above five hundred. We did not see this coming for the St. Louis Blues. Case uh, your your grade for the Blues at this point?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give the Blues a D. Uh, simply said, I, I don't have a ton of good things to say about the St. Louis Blues. Um, I'm going to be pretty quick with these last three teams in general, to be honest. But St. Louis, you know, the glaring negatives. One of them is goaltending. Bennington, Bennington has been. Not good and the team is also not helping him they give up a ton of scoring chances both high danger and medium danger uh their core C is all out of whack they just they're really not playing well and when you look at expected goals both for and against they're right where they're expected to be which has them third last in this division and for me that makes them a d because we expected better things out of this team
0: yeah, I think we were right at the start of the year to have some concerns about their goaltending. Um, you know, at, at the start of the season, we ranked Nashville to finish second and St. Louis to finish third. Now, mind you, when we talked about this division, we said it was going to be close and we did mention some concerns. And with St. Louis, one of those concerns we had was goaltending. So we were right to think that because this year, like you guys have both mentioned, uh, it has not been very good. Bennington has been. A complete question mark in the net you never know what kind of goalie you're gonna get on any given start and that's just a problem when you're a team trying to compete so that hasn't been good Uh, he has a negative 8.2 goal saved above expected and then Thomas Grice has been fine but he's been about average Um, if you remember dating back to last year Bennington and mostly Billy Husso were both pretty good during the regular season, Husso especially, and then when it came to playoff time, Binnington was the guy who took over the crease from Husso. So goaltending, whether good or bad, has kind of been the story of this team. And similar to the Winnipeg Jets, I guess their success sort of ebbs and flows with the type of goaltending they're able to get. And they haven't got any this year. Um, another concern I had with this team and the reason that I'm giving them a C minus is because uh, there's been a ton of regression, which probably should have been expected when we were talking about this team. Last season, they had nine players score 20 goals. And, you know, we talked about the depth of this team being one of their strengths uh, this year. It has not been the same story at all. They're 19th and goals four. And they have the ninth most goals against in the NHL right now. So not only are they not scoring, uh, but they're not getting goaltending either. And it's just been a whole mess up and down, top to bottom. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a shame, I guess, if you're a St. Louis fan. But as we get to the bottom of this division, um, You know, these last three teams here, we're going to start talking about Connor Bedard. And so maybe it's the case that it's not that much of a shame if you're a St. Louis Blues fans, because you can sell at the deadline, get some picks in return and uh, try to get a high pick in this year's draft.
2: Well, hey, the good thing about the Blues is that uh, they uh, they didn't win um that long ago and uh or they won not too long ago and in 2019 of course uh but this has been a a very up and down season for this hockey team in my opinion they're the most inconsistent team in the entire nhl this season um I, i was high on the blues i said this team is built like a playoff team but they're just not the same team at all that won the stanley cup back in 2019 i think that they've lost a bit of their a bit of their identity when we think about the st louis blues we've always thought of them as a team that is hard physical in your face and uh just covers a lot of the ice but I think they've lost a bit of that identity and uh, some of their younger players that have regressed is concerning. You know, we're gonna see that with veterans, of course. I mean, we didn't expect Ryan O'Reilly to have the kind of season that that he's had, and now he's injured and probably going to get sold off at the deadline along with a guy like Vlad Tarasenko. But um, it, it's concerning how much Ivan Barbashev has dropped off this season for this hockey team. I thought he was he was fantastic for them during their cup run and uh, was going to be one of the stars on this team. He's really dropped off, and I again. Chad, you've brought this up before. Like I, I just I don't understand why they would give Nick Letty the money that they could have given to David Perron, who was a huge part of that hockey team. Huge. And I don't get some of these moves by Doug Armstrong as well. I think that this all falls on him. It's not on Craig Baruby. He's a good coach, but he he he's lost a lot of core pieces. Of this hockey team, the last three, four summers it seems like Petrangelo, Perron, Husso. There's three names right there. So it's just it's not the same old St. Louis Blues, and that's evident. So I got to give this team a C minus.
0: They weren't going to sign Husso because of the money, um, but they could have signed Perron if they didn't bring in Nick Letty, and that to me was. The biggest mistake of the offseason and at the time like we talked about it as that because it wasn't one of those things where you know the player signs and then you think oh, okay that might look bad in a couple seasons the player signed and on the day of we were like okay well why didn't you use that money in a different way we looked at this team we looked at you know their depth and thought they could use another scorer like Perron and that's Evident this season. They can't score goals, guys. Like, that was a, a brutal move.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens with the St. Louis Blues, but uh, hearing a lot of trade speculation when it comes to some of their big stars on expiring deals. So, there we go. All right, the bottom two teams, and, uh, of course, this will be quick. These two teams are right in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, as we know. Uh, And we'll start with the Arizona Coyotes. Got the ball cap on, uh, seventh spot in this division 35 points in 47 games and it's been a rough stretch for Andre Tournier and company as of late two and eight in their last 10 they've played a ton of road games obviously which is uh, I think had a big impact on this team so let's get uh, our grades for the Arizona Coyotes case
1: if I could rank their last ten games, I would rank them an A plus. But um, we're ranking the first half of the season, and for that reason, I'm going to give the Arizona Coyotes a B for Bedard. Um, they've got the one. fourth best odds in winning the draft lottery this year, and honestly, they've played some fun games occasionally. Every once in a while, they spoil a top team, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, I got to give them a B. Um, and you know, the negatives is basically everything for this team, so I'm not even <laughs> gonna touch on that. I'll move on to chat.
0: It's basically everything he says. Uh yeah, I, I'm gonna give them a B plus here case because they, like you mentioned, have the fourth best odds as we speak to get Connor Bedard uh, first overall in the upcoming draft, a nine point eight percent chance. Um and I think, you know, they've found some nice surprises from players on their rosters who on their roster, who could be valuable at the deadline. I'm thinking of guys like Lawson Krause, Nick Ritchie, Corel Vamelka, if they don't want to uh, extend him further. So I feel like they have some players who they'll be able to get even more value from at the deadline. And uh, that means they'll get even worse and even closer to Connor Bedard. Uh, yeah. The second thing I wanted to say about this team is that, you know, kind of like you mentioned, they've been playing some good hockey at times this year, and I think they showed that, you know, they can be competitive in this league um, maybe even as soon as next year. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I think with I know, like, Harp, I think you and I have been have been beating the Arizona drum too much here in case he's going to get upset. He thinks we're nuts. But, like, listen, we've talked a lot about Jacob Chikrin and oh. and, and Ghost oh, Despair. <laughs> and like they could keep both of those players and genuinely compete next season with all of the the players that they have up front, and that's if you add a Connor Bedard to the mix. Because how good would that be to have oh. him on this already good young team? It would just be exciting. So I'm giving them a B plus because they're in a great spot right now to get that first overall pick, and they've shown some uh, you know. They've had some fun this year and shown that they can compete.
2: I'll uh, I'll give the Coyotes a C plus um, because yeah, it, like exactly what uh, what you guys said previously they 've been fun to watch at times, and I think they 've been better than expected a little bit. I think that uh, they play really hard for Andre Turnier, their head coach, and he gets a lot out of them and they've uh, they 've identified their core, which in my opinion, is a pretty good one at that the Kellers and the schmaltzes and the Krauses and um, JJ Moser is is turning into a fantastic defenseman. They've got Logan Cooley and uh, adding a, a Bedard or a Fantilli or a Leo Carlson, whoever, into that mix would just be unbelievable. So, um, and Chad, going back to your um, you know some of the deadline targets on this team, Krauss I don't think will be one. He signed a long term extension in the summer, but I'll throw another name out at you who's been a nice fit on this team he's been their first line center at times this year who could go at the deadline for as high as a second round pick and that's nick Bugstad. He's been a, a really nice fit for this team. Um, again, I'll go back to our uh, 2023 Bold Predictions episode when I said that I really think that they, sh- that they should uh, extend Shane Goss to spare rather than trade him. I like the idea of, of them keeping him and Chikrin. And again, this team uh, is is going to get a high pick at the uh, at the draft. Of course, even if it's not Bedard, like I think like Fantilli, for example, um, a centerman with size. We know that Bill Armstrong likes guys with size. He would be a great fit, even. And um, they're they're doing it right. And. It's not going to be long before they are a, uh, a playoff team. So I really like what Arizona is doing. They're just they're going through the rebuild, rolling uh, with the punches. It'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. They've been a little better than expected. So yeah, giving them a C plus all right our final team in the central division and uh these guys have been good lately the chicago blackhawks 32 points in 45 games uh three points uh below the arizona coyotes of course but a surprising six and four in their last 10 games so if they keep this up they'll be taking themselves uh, out of the race for that uh, that number one pick, but uh, they're they're very much uh, still in it a little bit more than the Arizona Coyotes. They've got the third best odds right now to win the draft lottery. So let's finish up with the Chicago Blackhawks case.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to give them a B for Bedard. Um, they have even better odds than the arizona coyotes that's why i gave them the same rank because the coyotes also showed a bit of promise making them a b so it kind of equals out uh, better odds little promise bb um this team is another team that i'm going to be watching closely when it comes to the trade deadline because i think there's a ton of of depth players on this team that playoff teams could eat up and and trade a lot of picks Chicago's way and I'm just kind of happy that this team is embracing the rebuild and uh they're bad they're they're at the in the bottom five in almost every analytic there is uh it's just not good although they have been good in the last 10 games but like you're shooting yourself in the foot
0: yeah, all you got to do is play Peter Morazic a bit more, I think, and <laughs> <laughs> and you'll lose more games. But my god, guys. Like what was it last week or the week before where they gave up 6 goals on 7 shots between Morazic and oh. and uh, who is who is the other guy? Who, do you even remember who the second guy in was? Was it Stalock? Is that who it is?
1: I
2: don't um, think he was
1: playing that game, was he?
2: No, it was a uh oh geez. I Jackson Stauber, I believe it is. They uh they called him up from Rockford. I believe that's the name of the other goaltender.
0: Okay. Anyways that's like I just thought that was funny to bring up. Like play Morazic yeah. more, you'll lose more games, you'll get Connor Bedard, you know. Um but a twelve point nine percent chance right now third best in the NHL to get Connor Bedard at that number one overall pick. I'm giving them a B just below the Arizona Coyotes because like you mentioned Case, they haven't really shown uh, any promise this year and let's be honest, I don't think anyone on this team right now, aside from you know maybe Seth Jones and, and maybe a couple others are even going to fit the timeline that this team envisions itself being competitive. So It's not a knock to say that they haven't shown any promise this year because no one's going to be around when the real team is assembled, and that includes Taves, Kane, uh, probably a couple defensemen like Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy, Um, and then a couple forwards like Max Domi, Andreas Like What you should do at the deadline if you're Chicago is just get as much as you can for all of those players and just continue the tank. Cross your fingers and hope you get the first overall pick. Yeah, but they're going to be the Ice Hogs after the uh, after the <laughs> deadline for sure. Yeah. Um, it was Staylock, by the way. I looked. Was it, it? okay? I, th- I wasn't sure, okay. but thank you. yeah. But thank you for that. But anyways, Chicago eighth spot in the division, pretty much right where we thought they would be. Um, but for me, that's a B because they have a good shot at getting Conor Bedard.
2: Yeah, uh, I I like that. B's for Bedard, for the Yotes and uh, the Blackhawks. But uh, I'm going to give these guys a C. So a little bit below because Kyle Davidson is making it quite obvious with some of his roster decisions that they are, quote-unquote, tanking for Connor Bedard. Lucas Reichel, one of their best uh, prospects, he gets called up after being a uh a point per game now over a, a point per game in the american hockey league he has four points in three games and they send him back down <laughs> and uh you know that includes other players like uh soderblom the young goaltender ian mitchell uh young right shot defenseman and uh and maybe a few others in there but um you know when i look at teams that could use that that franchise player the most it it would be the chicago blackhawks just because they're they're likely to lose one or both of their two cornerstone players that uh that won them three stanley cups and uh and other pieces as well by the way max Domi has has been a great fit there he's he's had a really good season in chicago and very happy for luke richardson but yeah we we expected this from chicago they've been uh they've been fun to watch lately um, but uh, I have to give them a little bit below what you guys are just because Kyle <laughs> Davidson is making it obvious here.
0: I mean, can you blame them? really?
2: <laughs> no, no, and, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, on the contrary, I, I can't blame him. I, you know, it's uh, – Bedard is that good, and this draft is that good, so.
0: Harp, are we ready for Fantasy Corner? Because I have a trade to announce. You're now listening to the Fantasy Corner, right here on the Boys in the
1: Booth podcast.
2: Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get right into Fantasy Corner now. And uh, all right, Chad, uh, be our, our trade breaker here. What do you got?
0: I have a trade to announce between the Dirty Birdies and No Regretskis. Okay, that's Jeffrey and Dylan. The nice. Dirty Birdies acquire... Hale McCarr and Elias Lindholm in exchange for none other than Connor McDavid. Oh, wow. W- guys, what the, I'm just seeing this now. I promise this just went through or hasn't gone through, but it, it it's pending approval. Um, no shot. This doesn't get vetoed, right? Like this definitely gets vetoed for Connor McDavid. He has like a hundred more points than second place. In the league right now yeah that's a uh, that's pretty crazy i'm gonna have that's to look deeper than, into that <laughs>
2: my trade from earlier in the season <laughs>
0: i like i'm with you case i'm gonna have to look into this too but Connor mcdavid ranked number one in the league i know kale mccarr is the second best ranked defenseman in fantasy right now but my god i don't know that's a that's a tough one but anyways sorry harper how about we how about we kick it off normally then after that breaking news
2: yeah geez that uh that's shocking you'll uh you'll have to uh you'll have to look at that a little little closer talk to both parties but uh anyway yeah we'll we'll get into uh we'll get into fantasy corner the right way here uh case tell us uh how you did last week and uh and who you've got up against you this week
1: just quickly that's rank 40 and 41 in the league in terms of fantasy points for mm-hmm. um I'll call it like negative 40 in Connor McDavid because he's so far in first place that like <laughs> it's not fair to just say first place. Yeah. Um I had a great week last week. I played No regretsky who is in this trade for, for for McDavid. Um he's ranked third in the league and i beat him 212.35 to 194.10 he had a pretty ridiculous trade go through last week too trading upl for tyler sagan and i was shocked no one said anything about that trade and then i was livid when tyler sagan that night got two goals and an assist for (laughs) for dylan i was so pissed but i had production across the board coming from everyone um my dogs were crechey montour Heiskinen, and mckinnon 34.25 points so i beat dylan um that felt real good and now this week i'm playing cameron murray uh north korea and he's kicked off pretty hot with willie nylander but my patrick line was uh was my call at two goals and assists last night so it's going to be a tight one between him. He right now, right now is projected higher than me. Yeah, well, Willie Nylander, four
0: point night, four point period, actually, for the Leafs last night against the New York Islanders, but uh, he's not an all star. Like, riddle me that, guys. Uh, leading the team in goals and points. But, anyways, um, to fantasy, I beat book hockey last week uh, in. A week that was tighter than I initially thought it was going to be Uh, it was projected to finish 243 to 187 in favor of me but it ended up finishing 218 to 188 and that was after I made three moves on the week so I was doing my best to stay caught up and make sure that I won this week to keep my record intact but uh, yeah it was a bit of a close one and book hockey although he's not in a great place in terms of league standings right now has a pretty solid squad and i think has just gotten unlucky matchups and i believe he has the most points against in the entire league right now so it's been a pretty solid squad
1: if you don't look at his back end
0: well yeah i mean in terms of forwards and he's been a bit unlucky too like evander kane not having him for so long that was kind of tough but like i said most points against in the league i believe um so that's that's a tough go i have brad marchand uh timo meyer and seth jones all have over 26 points for me last week so that was great even though seth jones playing on uh (laughs) chicago he plays a ton, and he's out there for every play. So if Chicago scores, he's likely involved in it, whether it's getting hits or or blocks or actually getting points on plays. So that was great. This week, um, I'm facing up against Nathan Ganyu's team, and it looks to be uh, like a route as of right now. It's projected to finish 222 to 135, so I'm not overly worried about this week. Week 18, so we're currently in week 16, so in two weeks from now, this will be a difficult difficult week for me. I'm playing Kuznetsov's third line, who is uh, currently undefeated, so it could be the case that we're seeing uh, a 17 and 0 team face a 16 and one team, and will be battling for first place. So I'll be keeping my eye on uh, week 18. But for now, I'm kind of chilling in fantasy. How about you, Harp?
2: Well. Um this has been uh, the most fun I've had in in fantasy because uh, right now uh, the Sunnyvale hockey team is staying in a pretty tight uh, playoff race right now in our uh, in our fantasy hockey league. A big win for me last week to move up to nine and six, uh, one seventy five to one. 50 over will nye the science guy and uh two big performers for me both on teams who are red hot right now uh arturi in 21 and a half fantasy points and zach hyman an absolute monster for me in fantasy last week 36 points he had four points in that win over vancouver on saturday and he had nine points last week so very happy to have Zach Hyman of the Edmonton Oilers and uh looking to keep it rolling this week against uh our good buddy Jake McKenzie, who is certainly um down the rankings at three and twelve, but he's crushing me at the moment and is projected to have more points. So um looking forward to uh to the rest of that matchup and uh trying to uh continue to rise up the ranks here and get into the playoffs.
0: A bunch of teams in the middle, like I pointed out at the start of the week, teams between 4 and 10 all have the same record of 9-6-0, and oh, and not a ton of total fantasy points separates 4th spot and 10th spot. So it's going to be a great race for the playoffs. And I know we've got a lot of runway left, but it's just interesting to point out how tight uh, the league currently is. Really, up until the 13th spot, uh, you know, we've got teams, the fourth place team, 9, 6, and 0, and four, uh, 13th place team, 8, 7, and 0. So it's really, really tight in the middle there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Chad, do you want to give us the standings uh, before we wrap up?
0: Sure. I'll just do a uh, uh, top five and bottom five quick. Kuznetsov's third line in first, myself in second, Noah Gretzky's in third, who just got Connor McDavid, I guess. And Jeffrey actually likes it. He talked
1: about it uh, in the chat. If you guys take a look at that. It's, uh, a, uh, it's Morrissey and McDavid for Marner, Makar, and Lindholm.
0: Wait, is there a second trade that went through? That's what Jeff's saying. Okay, well, I'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, And speaking of Jeff, he's in fourth place, the Dirty Birdies, and then Poppy's Milk in fifth. Bottom five teams, Connor McJavid's in 16th. Uh, I took the walk to Poland in 17th. Mail Order Brides in 18th. Jake Slam Dunk team. Jake, if you're listening, I sent you a couple trade requests. I saw that you were on the app today, so maybe reply to those. And uh, Eichel Tower in 20th who has yet to win a week. So those are the standings, top five and bottom five, in the boys in the booth, Fantasy Hockey League on Yahoo.
2: All right, another uh, good episode here, boys. Episode 156, uh, talking about the Central Division, and we'll move on to the Eastern Conference next week as we continue our midseason report cards. Again, a little bit past the midway mark of the season, but uh, next week, looking forward to episode 157, giving our mid-season grades for teams in the Metro. So get ready for that one, Case. Uh, looking forward to it. All right, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the hockey this week as we get closer to the NHL trade deadline. And we'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. This has been another episode of Voice in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and
1: YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patron.com slash boysinthebooth.